Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so excited to get this series started. The series is entitled First Things First. We are gonna make sure that we get our priorities in order as we start this semester. Now, first things first, you and I both know that we all know what our priorities should be. We all, we can list them, God, me, family, work, all those things. But we also know that life, especially life with kids, you know what, if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, then life can happen and our priorities get out of whack. Oh, so quickly, tell me I'm not the only one. Does that happen to you as well? Yes, okay, it makes me feel better. I can so easily, I can determine, man, the year starts, I write down, these are gonna be my priorities, this is what's gonna happen, I'm gonna get my life in order, I'm gonna feel orderly and therefore more effective, and then January 2nd, January 3rd rolls around, and I've already forgotten what I said. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be super intentional today, and we are going to focus on first things first. Turn to your neighbor and say, first things first. So first things first, before we get started, we wanna welcome in our online audience. If you are watching or listening, we're so glad that technology has um, brought us together today. Many of you are watching with a group. We wanna give a shout out to our groups. And then some of you though are watching or listening by yourself. And we want to remind you that you may be watching or listening by yourself, but you are not alone. We are here with you. There's a group of moms in Austin cheering you on. Parenting is not a competition. We all need to have cheerleaders and we all need to be cheerleaders. And that's what we're about. We're all in this together. So let's pray and get started. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this facility that allows us to come in and be together and learn to be the moms you've created us to be. I thank you, God, for technology that allows us to reach out and connect with so many moms. We are grateful for your presence, your provision. We ask right now, God, that you settle our hearts and minds and that you open our eyes and ears so that we can see and hear what you want us to learn today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I love to do laundry. Some of you may think that is so strange. I think there are two kinds of people. There are people who love to cook, and there are people who love to do laundry. If you are both, man, <laughs> kudos to you. That's amazing. I am not in the kitchen very much, only because the whole time I'm cooking, I'm thinking that I have to clean up. And so, but when it comes to laundry, there's something about laundry that is therapeutic for me. And I think it's because of the memory of this one time in my life when all of the laundry, every article of clothing, every bath towel, every kitchen towel was clean. And I remember thinking like, oh, that is amazing. I have accomplished so much today. And it was one time. I don't know that in the last uh, 28 years of marriage that's ever happened since. But maybe that's why I love laundry so much. A few years ago, um, we had a dish, uh, not a dishwasher. I don't do laundry in my dishwasher, in case anybody was wondering. We had a washing machine and dryer, and they were getting a little bit older, and I noticed that um, the normal cycle, the normal wash cycle, was taking a little bit longer every time. And so I was starting the laundry one day, and I had it open, and I noticed that the water, it had two spouts, a hot and a cold, and the water was only coming out of one. It was like, you know, barely coming out of one. And I'm like, oh well, you know, it's still working. I had to do it every day. I mean, as a mom, you know, the laundry, it's never ending. You know, it just keeps on coming. So I close it, do the load of laundry. It took a little bit longer, wasn't very effective, but you know what, it, it still worked. So it got to take longer and longer and longer. But because I was doing it all the time, I, I didn't really notice anymore. I would put a load in, I would leave, and I would go about my business. Then I noticed, not too long after that, that the dryer, I would put the clothes in the dryer, and I, I'd open the door, put the clothes in the dryer, close it, Start it, wouldn't work. I just had to open it and close it, open it and close it, it would work. Then I noticed that I would open it and close it, open it and close it, sometimes I just kinda had to hit it with my hip, you know, and, and it would work. And it was just gradual, it, it just happened gradually. And so it didn't bother me because I was still getting the laundry done and it was still getting dried. And so one day Matt calls me, and Matt is amazing, he's a super low maintenance husband, but at that point in our marriage, I was doing all the laundry. Um, and so he was never using our sort of working washing machine and dryer. So he called me and he goes, hey, hon, 
is something wrong with the washer? And I go, well, I mean, I, I guess it, it comes out real slow. He goes, no, I mean, like, there's barely any water coming out. I go, oh, yeah, it's been like that. Just it'll wash. Don't worry about it. And then he called me back. He goes, hey, um, I can't get the dryer to work. I go, open the door three times and then hit it with your hip. <laughs> it was just so normal to me at that point. And he's like, okay, um, you know, I've got another idea. Um, we could see if we could get them fixed. And I go, well, sure. I mean, if you want to, but I don't know why we need to. It's getting it done. You know, that had become so normal to me. I wasn't even noticing that I was only able to do one load a day and that it was sort of drying and it took like, you know, forever to dry. And so we did call the person to come look at the washer and dryer and the guy who came to look at it said, I suggest you replace the washer and dryer. So we ended up with new washers and dryers. What y'all? I mean, nothing is life-changing like a new washer and dryer, am I right? So I put the load in, I pushed the button, man. The load was done in like 40 minutes. I was like, what is this? And then I put them in the dryer, the load was done in like 30 minutes. I was like, this is life-changing. Do people know how that, Max like, yeah, most people know. And so this is what I realized though. How come I didn't notice that? How come I didn't figure that out earlier? It's because I'd gotten so used to it, because it was so gradual. You know, I, who knows how long my kids and Mac and I were walking around in kinda clean clothes, and we were sleeping on sorta clean sheets. And why is that? Because it happened so gradually that I literally forgot what a functioning, efficient, and effective washing machine felt like, a functioning, efficient dryer felt like. Hey, moms, we're just like my washer and dryer. Sometimes we get so used to living this life set in emergency mode and survival mode, we get, it get, becomes so normal to us that we don't even realize, we don't even remember what we were like when we were functioning at a normal pace and when we were most efficient and most effective, when we were more productive, more engaged, more ourselves. And I think that's normal, but we don't have to leave it there. I think it's normal, I think it's understandable, but we shouldn't let it be acceptable. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look today at how can I get myself to my healthiest point, to my highest functioning, to my most effective, my most productive, my most engaged. You know what we really wanna do? How can I get back to being me? Me, you know, firing on all cylinders. Here's the deal, it's not about looking around and going, I wanna be more like her. I wanna look more like her. I wanna parent more like her. I want my house to be just like hers. I need her schedule. This is the thing about motherhood. We all need a tribe. We already said we need to have cheerleaders and we need to be cheerleaders. So it's like one of those parenting pendulums we talk about. We need to have those friends. We need to be around those friends. We need to learn from each other. But at the same time, we can't compare to each other. And man, that is hard. That takes intentionality. And that says, I'm going to learn from her, but I'm going to be me. I'm going to learn from what she does, but I'm not going to compare my life to hers. I'm going to be me. Turn to your neighbor and say, you do you. You guys, come on, say it with conviction. Turn to your other neighbor, who Max says is obviously your second favorite, and say, you do you. You do you. We're going to start by looking at what Scripture says about not comparing and about being responsible. Because in Fearless Mom, we don't settle. We don't just say, well, that's just the way it is. We say, how should it be and how can we get there? And I'm going to embrace the responsibility to get myself there. Because I know when Mama's happy, everybody's happy. Am I right? So let's look at Galatians 6, 4, and 5. Galatians 6, 4, and 5. It's on the screen behind me. If you can see and read the highlighted words with me. And I mean read it with emphasis and gumption. Here we go. 
Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Read this with me. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. And fearless mom, we embrace the responsibility we've been given. We've been called to the great privilege of being moms. But if I'm going to be the mom that I need to be, I need to be the me that I was created to be. If I'm going to be the mom that I need to be, I need to be the me that I was created to be. And that's what we're going to talk about today. When we talk about first things first, we're going to talk today about self-care. But not just about self-care. If you Google self-care, my husband just did a message on it. And he said, if you Google self-care, it literally pulls up 2.8 billion results. It is such a buzzword because everybody's about self-care, self-care. It's another parenting pendulum. I'm gonna take care of myself without neglecting others. I'm gonna take care of myself without being selfish. It's more about taking care of the essence of who you are, taking care of your heart. We're gonna define self-care. I wanna remind you, investing in self is not a distraction from motherhood. It's an investment in motherhood. Investing in yourself is not a distraction from your marriage. It's an investment in your marriage. It's not a distraction from your job. It's an investment in your job when you say, I need to figure out how to be the me that I'm created to be. Here's how we define self-care. Because listen, man, you can Google it and go for self-care. You need to uh, you know, spend two weeks in Cabo by yourself. Um, we recommend a month in the mountains by yourself so that you can see the beach. And the, you know, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're gonna talk about, okay, <laughs> come down to planet Earth. <laughs> and how can I implement this in my life that I'm living right now? So self-care, making choices to be your healthiest self, your healthiest self. Self Self-care is about those daily choices to be your healthiest self in the life you're living now. It's not just about vacation, it's about what you can do today, right here, right now. And it's more than physical health. When we talk about our um, healthy self, we wanna look at our physical health, relational health, emotional health, wait for it, financial health, and spiritual health. And some of you are like, why did you put financial health? We have no idea the burden we carry when we're in financial debt. You have no idea until you're out of debt what that burden is like. I wanna encourage you to go to Instagram, follow Dave Ramsey, follow Rachel Cruz. They give practical tips all the time on how to stay out of debt and how not to let debt rule your life and rob you of the you that you were created to be. Um, Dave Ramsey and Rachel Cruz, C-R-U-Z-E. That's his daughter, how cool is that? But she's a mom, so she's very practical in her application of principles. Um, So anyway, we're talking about all those things. The goal is the healthiest you. So a lot of times, just like I said with the washer and dryer, it happened so gradually, I didn't even know. Max said, what kind of washer do you want? What kind of dryer? I I have no idea. I'm so used to one load taking two hours to wash and an hour and a half to dry that I don't even know what healthy looks like. And so he said, okay, I want, tell me what you want it to do. So then I described that and he helped me pick one out. Here's the deal. You can't call Lowe's and get a healthy you like I did my washer and dryer. There's no same day delivery for you on um, the healthiest you like there was on my washer and dryer. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at choices we can make and actions we can take. So before we even get to there, we have to say, what does healthy you look like? What's my goal? What's my vision? Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no direction, where there's no, you don't even know where you're going. It's like when you use a GPS. It doesn't guide you until you type in your destination. So what is our destination for healthy you? This is what I'm gonna tell you. In 30 years of ministry, and I've taught public school, I've dealt with people inside and outside the church. I've spoken to different audiences. I've interacted with people um, across the country. Here's what I've learned to be true. There are three things that everyone's looking for. Everyone. Uh, and 
A lot of times we associate these words with Christianity and the church. I'm telling you that everyone is looking for these three things. Ready? Here they are. Peace, hope, and joy. Peace, hope, and joy. We're all looking for those three things. And when I talk about peace, everybody take a deep breath. Hold it. Now let it out. Peace. Peace within and peace with those that we interact with. It changes everything, doesn't it? Just our tone, just our quiet. That's what we're all looking for. People look for, you know, to all different things to find it, but everyone's looking for peace. We all seek peace. We all seek hope. When I talk about hope, I mean a positive outlook and an optimistic perspective. We all want to believe, we all want to see that, we all want to know that today may be bad, but tomorrow can be better. We want hope for what is coming. It's an expectation that no matter how things are today, they will get better. Or things are great today and I, oh, they can only get better. Here's the thing about hope. Hope is a perspective, it is an outlook, and everyone is looking for it. Everyone is looking for hope. Peace, hope, and what's the next one? Joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Oh, say it with a smile on your face, joy. joy. Yes, it just makes you happy just to say the word. You know why? I think it's because it reminds us of Christmas. But yeah, why are you laughing? I'm, I'm dead serious. I love, I love joy. I love happiness. I want everyone to be happy all the time. But here's the thing. You can't be happy all the time, but you can seek it. it. We were created to seek happiness. And why do people dive into drug addiction? Why do people get into bad habits? Why do people um, fall prey to, whether it's pornography, whatever the addiction is, they're looking for peace, hope, or joy. But they're just looking for what, where is it, where is it? And they follow the direction that they are led down. And so here is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about a healthy perspective and a healthy you is peaceful. Everybody say full. Peaceful, joy, and hope. Hopeful. That's what we want. Because if I think about when I was most joyful, when I'm most at peace, when I feel most hopeful, I think that's when I'm healthiest. When I am a healthy person, I'm at rest, even if there's chaos around me. I feel expectant about the future, even if I can't see how it's going to turn out okay. And I'm joyful knowing that, you know what, I may not feel happy right now, but I feel the peace, and I'm expectant about the future, and therefore, I can feel joy in the midst of my sorrow right now. It's not so much about changing your circumstances as it is changing the way you look at your circumstances or changing the way that you see your circumstances. So we're all looking for those three things, peace, hope, and joy. This is more than self-care. When I talk about peace, hope, and joy, it's what you feel in your core. It's what you believe in your mind and in your heart. Proverbs 4.23. I'm going to ask you to read the highlighted words with me. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart for everything. Say everything. everything. Say that now the whole phrase with me. Everything you do flows from it. Every behavior, every word that comes out of your mouth, every interaction, it's an overflow of your heart, of your soul, of the core of who you are. So if you find yourself arguing, being bitter, being negative, if you find yourself get, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with your kid all the time, if you find yourself overreacting, I'm going to give you an example. I sometimes, in the past, just kidding. I respond disproportionately. I will go over the top and react and scream about the dumbest of things, you know? And I think, oh, how's my soul? How's my heart? Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So if you are finding yourself there, then let's back up. What's healthy me? Then I can raise my kids to be who God created them to be. So guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. So today we're going to talk about soul care. Turn to your neighbor and say, get your soul cared for. You know what? Y'all just said soul like it was a regular word. 
okay? It's soul. It has three syllables. I don't know if you know that. So get your soul cared for. And what is the first thing you do? Know yourself. Know yourself. The Bible says that you are created unique and that you are wonderfully complex. What that means is that at 50, I'm still learning about myself. It's an ongoing journey. You will always learn more about yourself, about what fuels you, about what drains you, about what excites you, about what scares you. It's an ongoing process, so we should be constantly taking the time, being intentional to learn ourselves better with the purposes of loving ourselves and being the best me that I can be. Here's the deal, though, when you look at yourself. When I studied all the mindfulness, I read a lot about um, that, see, that uh, being mindful, examining your thoughts, examining your feelings without judgment. So here's what I'm going to tell you about knowing yourself. Be aware today, tomorrow, every interaction you have, how you feel when you're alone, how you feel when you're interacting with others, how you feel when you wake up in the morning, how you feel when you go to bed at night, and, and take a look at yourself and go, what fuels me, what drains me, what scares me, what excites me, what's fun for me, what's a nightmare for me, what all of those things. Look at that, but here are two things, without judgment, without comparison. This is what I found myself doing when I was younger, and I'm certain I do it now too, but I'm learning so much more. When I would say, okay, I need to know myself, what fuels me, what drains me, I would do those personality tests, I would do all those things, and I would look and I would go, oh, I hate that about myself. I hate that about myself. And then I, it was not productive, because guess what? It was what it was. Now I get to choose how I use that for good, and I get to choose how I use it as a strength. So when you're learning about yourself, take that time to examine yourself without judgment, without comparison. Man, that is hard. That is hard, write that down. Without judgment, without comparison. Because I'm gonna say it about everything we talk about today. Without judgment, without comparison. You will stay right where you are if you go, I hate that about myself, ugh. But if I come over here, growth mindset, I look at it with no judgment, I go, man, I, I tend to overreact. And I always see the worst case scenario. Um, that can be a gift sometimes. I've always prepared my children for the worst case scenario. They are prepared for any trauma. I did teach my children what to do if they were kidnapped, what to do if we got carjacked, what to do. I mean, I went through every scenario. Crazy lady, some people would say. But it is what it is. So now, how can I use that for good and how can I be better? How can I, so I'm looking at myself without judgment and without comparison because this is what I would do. I would go, ah, I learned this about myself. I don't like exercise. What is it? Why does my sister love exercise? I hate that about me. I wanna be like her. I'm gonna wait until I love it. And then, man, I'm going all in. When I love it, I'm gonna be just like her. I can't wait, I'm gonna pray that I love it. I'm just gonna start praying right now that I love it. And then that, you see what I mean? We're just gonna look at ourselves without judgment, without exercise, know yourself. Pay careful attention to your own work is what the Bible verse said. Um, I have a Tahoe, we have SUVs in our family and big pickup trucks. Uh, but there are many different kinds of cars. I have friends who drive minivans, friends who drive tiny cars. Um, I have a friend, uh, Ashley Horn, my best friend. She drives a Suburban. Um, I'm happy for her. I test drove a Suburban. I was so confident I would run into things that I could not see. So I know my capacity, my capacity is a Tahoe. And, and I'm limited in that, and, and that's okay. That's where I am. Here's the thing about cars. They all look different. They all have different purposes, different uses, and they all have different gas tanks. And they all have different mileage for the amount of gas that they can carry. Check your gauges. And don't say, well, I'm, I'm a Tahoe, but I really wanna be a Porsche SUV. <laughs> or I am a, a minivan, but I sure wish I had the gas mileage of the um, Camry. Here, here's the deal. You look at yourself and check your own gauges. Check your gauges, and so you know when they're depleted. I always told my kids when they would drive back to school, I would say, never let your gas get below a quarter tank. 
because you never know when traffic will hit and you're stuck on the highway and you can't refill. So that's what we should do, moms. Check your gauges, never let your tank get below a quarter and be aware without judgment, without comparison. And here's the deal. I have friends, Julia Fortman, who helps us with Fearless Mom. Man, she has the room in her car of a Suburban and the gas mileage of the Camry. I have no idea how she gets done what she gets done. I celebrate that for her. I don't try to be her and she doesn't try to make me feel bad. <laughs> it's an amazing friendship, but we're very different. Know your gauges, check your gauges, embrace your capacity, don't compare your capacity to others. Um, next one, love yourself. Gotta know yourself, gotta love yourself. I intentionally did not choose the word accept because I think loving yourself is more than accepting yourself. Sometimes we go, I just want to accept. I just want you to accept me for who I am. I just want to be accepted for who I am. Here's the deal about love. I can love you where you are, but love you so much I don't want you to stay there. I love myself, but I have to look at myself and go, I accept that about me, that that's my natural bent, that that's my drift, but I'm also accepting the fact that I need to be the best me. And the healthiest me says, hey, you know what about myself? I'm not comparing and I'm not judging myself. I don't like exercise. So I could stay here in that mindset and I could accept that about myself. Or I could believe all of the science out there and I could say, actually, to be my best me, I need to challenge myself to implement exercise in my life. That's the difference between loving and accepting. I can accept who I am and challenge myself to get better. I can accept who you are and want to push you to get better. I love my kids. I love all of my kids, my two that I gave birth to, my two bonus, and I accept them for who they are, but I never want them to settle. I always want to challenge them to be who they were created to be, and there's not a human who comes out of the womb just feeling and drifted toward perfection. We are all driven towards self-preservation and self-promotion, toward what is easy, toward the path of least resistance. So there are areas of each one of us that we need to challenge. So that's why we choose the term love yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. You're looking at yourself without judgment, without comparison, but don't be too easy on yourself either. And I, I say that just because I want what's best for you because I've, I've done it myself, I've stayed right here, and I'm loving myself by accepting it is what it is. That is my drift, but I can be better when I know the science says that I can be better. The next one, so you know yourself, you love yourself, care for yourself. What do you need to do to be hopeful, peaceful, and joyful? This is where we put things into action. Knowing yourself, loving yourself is all about heart and mind, and that's important because you, get, you gotta get your heart and mind right, remember, because everything you do flows from it. But now we're gonna move into applying things. What should we do? What can we do? Here's the thing about caring for yourself. I am now an empty nester. And so I've got more free time than you guys who have babies at home do. And that's called a season. Motherhood is a series of seasons. So you embrace the season you're in, acknowledge it as a season, and go, what can I do in this season? What is caring for myself in this season look like? It's very different than, I'll tell you what, when... Um, uh, we sent Joe off to school so that we were empty nesters. And my best friend, Ashley Horn, is 10 years younger, and her children are much younger. And so I remember we would call her when we, Mac and I would have an impromptu date night because that's just the kind of friend I am. And I would call her and I'd go, hey, I just wanted to let you know, Mac and I just decided last minute to go get sushi. Thought I'd let you know. And she's got kids screaming in the background, trying to get homework done, trying to, it's a different season. 
It's a different season. We embrace the season. The funny part is, Ashley was my babysitter when my kids were that age. So she even knew what my life was like at that stage. Embrace the season you're in because it's only a season. And so, okay, I understand that I don't have the free time that I may one day. I understand that I don't have the free time that my friend who has three full-time nannies, I celebrate that for her. Sometimes I secretly drop my kids off when she's not looking. And so we, we celebrate, but we go, this is my life, so what can I do in my life to be the healthiest me? So I encourage you to share, ask friends again, learn from them, but not compare to. Control what you can, and make peace with what you can't. Control what you can and make peace with what you can't. This may, if I were gonna get a tattoo, which I'm not, but if I were to, I would say control what you can, make peace with what you can't. I am a, I've already confessed, a worst case scenario person. So I tried to control everything I could when my kids were little. I tried to make sure they were prepared for every situation possible. I tried to make sure they had the right friends and that we ate, well, okay, I wasn't really into eating the right foods, but that they knew all the people were polite to them, well, they were polite to them at Chick-fil-A and McDonald's. But I, I, I was very intentional. I was very, but what happened was I, I can't, prepare, I can't possibly think of every scenario that my children will face. I can't control everything. So I had to make peace with what I couldn't control. And that is tough, but that's where that deep breath, I've done the best I can. My children are adults, my children, even they're teenagers. Here's the deal, guys. You can parent and feed them the best of foods and get them in the best of schools and get them the best tutors, and they make their own decisions. And that's the angst, you know, until we make peace with what we can't control. And we say, I, I control what I can, and I make peace with what I can't. Doesn't always change your circumstance. Guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The version that says it determines the course of your life does not say guard your heart, for it determines the circumstances of your life. Sometimes life determines the circumstances of your life. Sometimes other people's decisions determine the circumstances. But your heart determines how you approach and respond to those circumstances. So you're thinking, well, I'm only in this situation I'm in because of decisions my husband made, because of decisions my parents made, because of decisions my neighborhood association made. Whatever it is, that's irrelevant. Control what you can, make peace with what you can't. You can always, everybody say always. always. You always have a choice, always. You say, I don't have, yes, you do. I don't have a choice, yes, you do. You can always control how you approach and respond to that circumstance. Your situation may not change, but the way you look at it may. Because here's what we do, we have to believe that verse, Romans 8, 28. It's not that your situation is necessarily all of a sudden okay, or the circumstance is gonna be all of a sudden great, it's that you can look at that circumstance, look at that situation and go, even in this, I can see a sliver of hope in the hurt, a sliver of purpose in the pain. So then I'm like, okay, I trust. Romans 8, 28, here's what it says. And we know that God causes everything, say everything, we, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God causes everything. There's not a period there. God caused, well, God caused this situation. God allowed that situation. Sometimes man caused that situation. Sometimes the enemy caused that situation. But what it does say is God causes everything to work together for good. That's how we find the hope and the hurt and the purpose in the pain. It's not necessarily that God caused that circumstance, but God can use that circumstance even when you can't see it. Your circumstance may not change, but how you look at it, when you trust that person, you say, okay, I don't know what I'm doing as a mom. My child was just diagnosed with this. My uh, teenager is addicted to this. My, whatever it is, my marriage is in the toilet. Whatever it is, that is a circumstance, that is a situation. It is painful. I'm not saying it is easy, but I am saying that even that, 
God can use for his glory and your good. So when I know that, I don't have to like it, but I can trust it. I know that God will use it. So it's that perspective that helps us make peace with those things that we cannot control. Now, I'm going to, now that we talked about everything feeling out of control, which every mother has felt at some point, I want to talk about the things you can control because it is more than you realize. And you're like, I have a newborn. I have a toddler. I have a teenager. I have, you know, triplets. I have twins. I have a special needs. I'm not saying life is easy. I'm saying Take a look. Take an honest look. Take a look without judgment and without comparison and say, what can I control? Is there something I can control to make my situation better, to lead me closer to my healthiest self? What I watch, what I read, what I listen to. I'm a worst case scenario. I'm a fretter. Um, I shouldn't watch Dateline. I watch every show that says based on a true story because I think I'm going to learn something that's going to prepare me for it. Now, I shouldn't watch those things, so I quit watching them. Actually, Mac told me I had to quit watching them. So I quit watching those shows. I quit because it wasn't helpful. It wasn't taking me to my healthiest self. It was actually a distraction. I will tell you that when I had surgery this summer, I discovered that, and I know you guys probably already know it, if you watch something on Netflix, man, it just keeps going. You look up and you're like, dude, I just watched two seasons. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, you can control that. You can control that. I don't have time to. Well, maybe you should start charting your day. Chart your day. How many um, minutes, how many hours do I spend on social media? How many minutes, how many hours do I spend watching TV? How many minutes, how many hours? Just be aware. Without judgment, without comparison, you're saying, okay, are there changes I can make in what I watch, what I read, what I listen to? How about with whom I spend time, from whom I receive counsel, and in whom I invest? Be picky with your clicky. Be picky with your clicky. A click has a negative connotation. I'm just talking about who are those people from whom you receive counsel. You want people who when you're here and you're saying, it is, it's just the way it is, man. My marriage just stinks, oh well. You know what, I'm gonna focus on what I can control because I can't control that. You want a friend who goes, wait a minute, what can you control? Let's take you over here to what you can control to be your healthiest self. And we're gonna talk about marriage next week and all the things you can control, whether you're married or single. There are things about marriage you can control. So what I eat, what I drink. You cannot eat goldfish all day and expect to be level-headed and discerning and wise and to sleep well. You cannot have um, three glasses of wine with lunch or with dinner and expect to rest well, expect to think clearly, expect to be your best self. What, what's our goal here? Your healthiest you. Peaceful, hopeful, joyful. That's the goal. So be wise in what you eat and in what you drink. There is a connection to what you eat and how you feel and therefore what you do. Th that there is a connection there. What I eat, what I drink. What apps I have on my phone and how often I access those apps. I did an experiment while I was studying for this. Over the Christmas holidays, I got the app Wordscapes. Is that what it's called? It's like a crossword thing. So I thought, I'm gonna see how often I pick it up and look at it. How, how quickly it becomes a habit. And I don't even know that I'm doing it. I would just pick it up. So I had it on my third screen. You know, I had to scroll over to look at it. <clears throat> I found myself looking at it. I finally decided um, that when I get to level 1,000, that's embarrassing. But when I get to level 1,000, I'm gonna take it off my phone and see if I miss it. Because as I was preparing for this, I'm like, I wanna see, like, I'm, I'm not a teenager looking, I don't even have Snapchat, you know, I, I don't, but I wanted to see how it affects me as an adult. Because I would tell you, I, I don't have a problem with the apps on my phone. Y'all, ask my kids how disengaged I was so many times because I was like, hold up, I'm on the bonus round. Hold up, I've almost got it. I'm, I'm on my daily puzzle. You know, whatever it was, it's amazing. Just, just do an experiment. 
the apps on your phone. So I removed it. I don't have it anymore. Uh, and I sent it to my, one of, you know, my bonus daughters for um, accountability, the screenshot of me deleting it. Um, so be aware. Uh, when I sleep, when I breathe, when I relax. The reason I added when I breathe and when I relax, because if you've got babies, you're not controlling when you sleep necessarily, but you can sleep when they sleep. You can um, choose to breathe when you're seated there. You can choose to relax. Um, Sherry Morrow is a fearless mom. She has five children. To me, she may as well have 32. Um, you know, she has five children. She does toes up every day. She said, that is necessary for my healthiest self. And so if she with five children can do it, and they're all, I think she had four under the age, uh, it's, it's amazing. They're very young, but she said, that's important, and I'm going to do it. So she put it in her day. So if you can't sleep enough hours, then at least be intentional with your waking hours and breathe deeply and slowly and relax when you can, toes up. How I spend money, how I spend time, how I spend energy. Are you spending your thought life nursing, cursing, and rehearsing something that happened 10 years ago? because that's taking up brain space and elevating cortisol. We're gonna get to the science in just a minute. I always add that in so that I sound really smart. Um, so then when I exercise and where I exercise, when I exercise and where I exercise, um, the book The Willpower Instinct talks about the value of green exercise. Nobody's gonna argue. We all know that exercise makes your life better and is connected to um, a happier, healthier self. But green exercise multiplies that. And green exercise is just exercise outdoors. And it's just a tiny difference, but you can control that. Well, I um, do a, I do yoga. We'll do it outside. Do it. What can you do outside? Um, when I exercise, where I exercise. When I pray, when I read the Bible, and when I attend church. When I pray, when I read the Bible, when I attend church, it will improve your life. I that is a choice that I can make. Um, a lot of times we see this cycle. You've got to change what you think. You know, I was talking about what you eat, what you read, what you um, watch, what you, all that stuff that you think, and then that will change how you feel, and then that will change what you do. Sometimes we have to reverse the wheel. When you're not thinking and feeling your best self, then you look at this list and say, okay, I'm gonna change what I do, and then that will change how I feel and change how I think. So instead of praying that you will think and feel differently, let's reverse the wheel and do what we know takes us to our healthier self. Reverse the wheel. What we're looking for, we're looking to decrease cortisol and increase serotonin. And when I say these things, guys, when I talk about the need for exercise, the need for, you know, toes up, the knees, I'm not talking about adding to your to-do list. I'm saying you can be intentional in what you're already doing. Raise your hand if you ever drive in your car. Oh, uh -huh, okay, great, 100%. Now, what music are you listening to? Uh, can you put a lavender scent in your car? Can you, um, you know, uh, bring the volume down in your car? What can you do? There are things that you're already doing. When you, um, dinner time, at dinner time, be, in, be deliberate, be intentional. Okay, we're gonna have a mindful meal tonight. It's gonna be quiet. We're gonna, if you have preschoolers, probably not real quiet. But you can do what you can, set the tone. All of those things you're already doing. Raise your hand if you drink coffee in the morning. Okay, me too. I drink my first cup, I wake up earlier. I wake up two or three hours before I have to be somewhere because I've learned that I'm my best self if I get to sit for 30 minutes, ideally, my house is decorated for Christmas, but that can't always be the case. But I learned that I'm my best self if I wake up early. I am not a morning person. And I was like, that's not me, my best self, I, I'll be later. No, you know what? I, I have to wake up earlier. I just had to be intentional with that time. I'm not scattered anymore as much. I'm not, so be intentional in what you're already doing. <clears throat> to decrease cortisol. Here's an article um, 
from Smart Her News. Actually, I got the study that she cited. Smart Her News, this is a great tip also. If you are devastated or if you're overwhelmed by watching or reading the news, then don't do it every day. But if you can follow on Instagram, Smart Her News, or you can go to smarthernews.com, she's a mom that delivers the news in bullet points. Nonpartisan news, people. Nonpartisan news in bullet points. It's for moms. It's ideal for moms. I hit the bullet points and then I move on with my day. She doesn't attach emotion to it. There aren't two people yelling at each other during the news. It's just bullet point. I read the slides and I go on with my day. And so I can stay informed. I was, I was looking at the news anyway, but I found a better way to look at the news. But she cited this study. This study was a study done about lowering stress hormone levels is done um, at the University of Michigan. And the uh, author of the study says, our study shows that for the greatest payoff in terms of efficiently lowering levels of stress hormone cortisol, you should spend 20 to 30 minutes sitting or walking in a place that provides you with a sense of nature, that provides you with a sense of nature. Um, what they did, they required, they asked for people four times a week at least and so you were to take 20 minutes, they called it the nature pill. You take the nature pill in daylight. So it had to be daylight, no aerobic exercise. This was not going for a run, that's different, that's amazing, that's green exercise, but that's not for this. No, it had to be in daylight, no aerobic exercise, and no use of social media, internet, phone calls, conversations, or reading. What is that, guys? That was mindfulness, like what we talked about last semester. Just a 20-minute nature experience was enough to significantly reduce cortisol levels. But if you spent a little more time immersed in a nature experience, 20 to 30 minutes sitting or walking, cortisol levels dropped at their greatest rate. So if you're in Austin and you have cedar allergies, then once cedar fever goes, you can get your nature pill on. So this is what I'm thinking. I already have my cup of coffee. I already know that my time in the morning is valuable to me. I already wake up 30 minutes early. So guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take my coffee out to my porch. So I didn't add another 30 minutes. I was already doing that, but I'm gonna be intentional now that I have this study and I have this science, I'm gonna put it outside. Does that make sense? That's what we're trying to help you do. Don't add to your to-do list, simply become intentional in what you're already doing. And then you wanna decrease cortisol and you wanna increase serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that is associated with happiness and calm. Here are a couple of things that you can do to increase your serotonin. Be exposed to sunlight, look for sunlight, and obviously, guys, I don't think it's rocket science, exercise. Exercise increases your serotonin levels um, and your um, happiness and uh, calm. And then there are many healthy foods that you can eat. There are different studies done, so I'm not gonna list the foods. You can look it up if you're interested in it. What you're looking for is tryptophan because that's the amino acid that actually turns into, you can't really eat uh, serotonin, but when you eat the tryptophan, it turns into the cortisol, I mean, into the serotonin, so that's what you're looking for. When it comes to exercise, if you're not an exerciser, recently, recent studies show that it's quicker than you think. A long time ago, or not even a long time ago, some of the earlier studies showed that to see results of exercise and your happiness and serotonin, you had to do it for several weeks in a row. You had to be religious about it and you had to do it for a long period of time. A recent study at the University of Texas in Austin says that one period of exercise, one period of 45 minutes will show instant um, increase in your mood. Isn't that amazing? One, so what we're trying to do is say, okay, when your reflex is a glass of wine, when your reflex is, I'm overwhelmed, I wanna watch this TV show that is all about murder, because most of the ones I watch are about murder. I wanna watch this, I wanna watch three episodes, go, that's my reflex, but to be my healthiest self, I'm now aware of it, so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna exercise instead. I'm, I'm not adding to my to-do list. I'm replacing the unhealthy with the healthy. We know that levels of water, drink a lot of water. I'm going to choose water every time. I'm going to choose healthy, choose my best self because it's my responsibility. What if I told you there was something you could do that would make you feel 31 less likely to feel discouraged, 
32% less likely to think destructively about yourself or others, 18% less likely to think unkindly about others, 31% less likely to lash out in anger, perhaps that's the one I was drawn to, 62% less likely to drink to excess, 20% less likely to overeat and mishandle food, and 40% less likely to feel better. That study was done over a period of eight years with 100,000 participants. You know what the study showed? Reading your Bible four times a week, all that. Is that amazing? Reading your Bible, so you may not believe the Bible is God's word. You may not believe that it is transformational and miraculous, but you can't argue with the science. Reading the Bible will draw you closer to your healthiest self. And as we say in here, you don't have to believe it's God's word. Just read it as a parenting book. If the studies show that it increases the value of, you know, of your day and it increases how you respond, then why not give it a try? Studies also show that uh, people who are affiliated with churches or religious organizations have a better quality of life, not just physical health, but emotional health. Man, I've given you one billion ideas. One billion ideas to decrease your cortisol and to e increase your serotonin. And you can look for other opportunities, but this is what I know to be true that you can work on yourself physically, you can do all the right things, you can control everything you can, but true peace, true hope, and true joy comes from a personal relationship with Jesus. I know from my own life and for doing this for 30 years that those who step into a relationship with Jesus and trust God for today and trust God for tomorrow they are hopeful, peaceful, joyful. Sure, you can find, you can increase your serotonin, decrease your cortisol by doing all of this, but sustaining over a period of time and, and really lasting, John 10, 10 says, the thief, the enemy, <clears throat> comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to rob you of your peace, to rob you of your joy, to rob you of your hope. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the, what's the last word? Full, have it to the full. You want a life that is hopeful, peaceful, joyful? Trust him. We're gonna move into a time of reflection. And again, we're gonna have an opportunity to look at yourself and to look at yourself with no judgment and no comparison. An opportunity to thank God for the self that you are and, and to ask him, what can I do today to take me closer to my best self. And maybe you're looking at your life and you go, today, I am feeling hopeful, peaceful, joyful. Kudos to you, man. List all the things that you're thankful for. Or maybe you're saying, I'm not feeling hopeful, peaceful, or joyful, but I wanna get there. So I want you to write hope, peace, and joy on your paper. I want you to write it down and then I want you to consider what makes you feel hopeful? What makes you feel joyful? What makes you feel peaceful? And then just, is there something I can do today to take me closer to my best self? And, and don't be embarrassed if you're thinking, I can't think of anything. I'm so overwhelmed. That's okay. You know what I'm gonna say? Use this time to breathe because we do know the research says if you will breathe slowly for a minute or two, then you can now think more clearly. You'll have better creative solutions. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, just breathe. But if you're not, take a moment and write down what you can do this week. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the assurance from your word. Thank you for the science that give us, gives us so many ideas of what we can do and how we can implement it in our lives today. There's so many things that are out of our control, God. Remind us of what we can control and help us make peace with what we can't. Thank you so much for your presence, your provision, and your power. In Jesus' name, amen.